Hey Kevin, how are you? I'm right, yeah, very good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Apart from all the rain at the moment, but apart from that, yeah, I'm good. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's a good day to do an indoor podcast. It's a good day to do an indoor podcast, exactly. Rather than doing a walking podcast. Yeah, um, that wouldn't be good. It'd be, good. <laughs> It'd be very exactly. windy and you wouldn't hear a thing. <laughs> so, what's today about? Um, so, today is about how you grow as an agency and specifically around the function of when you bring in account managers and then actually the evolution of that that becomes account management, project managers and actually strategists and how you can make those work together in terms of the right unit, the right skill sets and the differences in skill sets and how that changes over time as well. Yeah, it's a big passion and uh, also kind of irritation of mine as well around What's the difference between the two? And at what point in the stage of your evolution do you need one or the other? And can you, in fact, get the um, both in one role? So why don't we start off by, you've obviously got in your mind a definition of account management and project management. What does it mean? I'll give you my story because then it's, I feel like with all of this, everything is in this state of almost flux of you're learning what works for you. And there's different tried and tested models, but... I think if I give you my version, this is how I've made it work, but I don't yeah. think there's one single way to fix this problem. But it illustrates the point, and I'll do the same. I'll tell yeah. you about my journey, and then our, our kind of listeners can take their own, uh, their own view from that. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think like any independent agency that has grown, maybe, say, without funding, so you grow from one person to two person, uh, two people to three people, and you evolve based on winning clients. Obviously, some come in and they might have a ready-made team of 10, 15 getting started. But in my case, which I think is the most common, it would be you're good at doing the work. That's why you do it. And you're probably a freelancer. And then you get to a point of you sold enough work that that then takes you into the next person. And That's right. Exactly. What you find over that is in the early days, certainly even up to five or six people, I think you just do what you need to do to get stuff done. So my natural evolution of that is I'll do great work, but I need to tell a client about it. Then as you grow and you bring in more people to deliver the work, I'm still involved in probably the new biz, introducing new clients. And because I'm the one that's won the new biz, certainly in those days, rather than there being a handover to the team, it's probably more I'm then the point of contact. certainly at that stage and there's then a natural point where okay well now I'm doing the work I'm managing the client relationship but now I have a team so I have to organize the team as well and I think in the early days I've I was definitely that hybrid of strategist doer organizer account manager yeah and then I became less of a doer more of the organizer account manager but probably still a strategist. So we'd still tell people this is what we're going to do. And as we built a more senior experienced team, they then started to guide that or at least challenge that to the point that actually they can now take it over and run with it. But yeah, there's different phases that you need to go through. And I think ultimately at a larger scale and in terms of being always quite like the whole T-shaped marketer, and I don't think this just applies to just marketing, but where rather than you being completely siloed in one profession or niche, or in this case, technical SEO, content, PR, it's the same in this case of account management, project management strategy. You Mm -hmm. can have a hybrid. In my experience, 
I think I've only seen one person work really well at doing this hybrid role, who's actually Dan Bianchini, who I worked with a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. I know Dan. A lot of people are very good at either the strategy or client relationships is definitely an art in itself. And organization of the team is an art in itself. And I think Dan's a good example. I definitely did it in the early days. I think organization is my weakest point out of those. But if I need to get a team organized, certainly at that scale, it's something that, okay, well, we've got a plan. Let's just do it and figure out a way to do it. But you reach a size where you just need to be more prepared. You need to have people that are really spending dedicated amount of time and then I guess there's different roles and responsibilities and KPIs behind what you're judging that for and I think ultimately again as you grow it's good to have one person that's focused on one thing primarily as a big objective in KPI if you're responsible for retaining a client growing a client being profitable organizing the team making sure capacity is correct. And that's not even to mention the strategy. It becomes conflicted. I mean, it's interesting. So as you go from like all of us, you know, when we start our businesses, it's a one, one person band at the beginning and you're yep. playing all the instruments. And then you find problems with clients that are deep rooted problems that you can solve and deliver benefits. And then you start to recruit a few people. Yeah. And so you go from that one person to maybe five or 10 people and then 10 to 30 or 50 people, and then 50 up to whatever. In that journey, I think once you're below like 10 people, I think we've discussed this before, in that kind of three to 10 category, the critical thing is delivering client excellence. Yeah. It has to be. Even if it means you're not as profitable, and even if it means your sales growth is very weak, you have to start there. Because without client excellence, there's nothing, because you've no reputation. Yeah. And to deliver that, my view is, is that you need really strong delivery project managers, digital PMs in our industry. You do. And I think as a founder role, you can go into a point of actually the founder's biggest value, I think, is normally in attracting new business, new clients. And quite often it's the public relationships within the industry that you have. That's ultimately most agencies, even the larger agencies, as much as they will market themselves, it's word of mouth that yeah. generates the best clients. Absolutely. Which is kind of a blessing and a curse because you don't know where the next lead's coming from. But it, what it means is the more active you are, the more you're doing thought leadership and you're out in the industry and you're walking the halls of clients and stuff like that. I think it, it helps. The, it definitely helps to make sure that you've got more coming through. But if you're stuck in doing the day-to-day then actually it's, it's harder. And certainly in my case, then it, it can be, you end up micromanaging everything. It's not actually good for the team. It's better for the team if you can allow them the That's chance right. to step up, take ownership. And as long as you're clear and you're aligned internally and with the client on what you're trying to achieve, again, there's different ways of achieving that. So how do you build the team around you to do that? free yourself up a little bit and yeah have clear responsibility and I think the, the first hire is obviously more of a hybrid you need someone that can account manage and project manage and normally I think they're stronger at one or the other they're yeah, yeah. either very good at understanding clients pain points challenges and communicating to them that we're you're in a safe pair of hands we know what we're doing we've got a clear plan yeah we'll understand whatever it is that you have that means we have to be agile and adapt and we'll we'll make that happen. 
And that's a very important skill set because you need to understand from the client's perspective what their viewpoint is, how do they value your work, and what can you do to make them as happy as possible so that they continue as a client. And ideally, you can then untap opportunities because what you're doing is working or you you see opportunities in other areas that allow you to, to grow that relationship as well. But I think that in itself is a specific skill set. I mean, I think it's great if you look at kind of, I always think if you hit the end stops, uh, you work out uh, what the best uh, choice is. And by yeah. the end stops, I mean, so let's assume that your agency, uh, you've grown it and you're like, you're four people and then you win a big account. Uh, and those four people were basically you all mucked in and you as the founder plus the other three were all doing everything. And now it's like, oh, well, we've got another big client now and it's a 10 or 15K a month retainer. So you have to now recruit some people. If you hit the end stop, what I mean is you can either recruit uh, a really good account director, brilliant account director, very good account, account director, but they don't have the digital PM skills. Or you can recruit a digital PM that is brilliant at delivering client service, excellent results, focused on the outcome, uh, but isn't necessarily very good at upselling. Yeah. If it was me and if it was my business, I'd go a digital PM every time, every single time. Yeah, so we had this discussion between ourselves probably two years ago, if not yeah. maybe a little bit longer, where we were talking about, we had a pod structure at the time. That's right. And we were talking about, do we have... Do we explain what that is, by the way? Just because listeners might not know. What do you mean by a pod structure? Yeah, so a pod is when you built a team and I think at the time we were probably about 15 people we had multiple clients and kind of like a head of SEO head of content head of PR structure and the challenge we had is that became very siloed into those specific channels yeah clients would talk to one person that's a head of SEO the head of SEO would have no idea what's going on with content PR and the pod structure actually put together an SEO content and PR person obviously the channels will be different, whatever the agency and the service offering is. But the challenge we had with that is in the old route, you have people that are what I would consider subject matter experts leading that function of the business. And that I think in that model does make sense because you need someone that you can't really have a head of SEO that doesn't know about SEO. That has to be their, their strength. But at the same time, their weakness is probably more on the project management side and potentially on the, the client services side. We've definitely had someone in the past that was very good at SEO, but actually one of the key reasons he left us in the end was because he ended up doing too much account management and project management. Exactly. And again, that's something just to be wary of in these roles that just by promoting, and, and again, this is across organizations, but by promoting the people that are good at doing into the more management roles isn't always better for them. And actually having a route for them to grow in the business, but not necessarily go into a, a management style yeah. role, I think is really important. But yeah, I guess going back to our situation, we were then, I think we had three options. You, you need someone to lead a pod or an individual mini client focused teams they all had three to five clients each typically and the three options are number one you promote the strategist and in our case that would be an seo strategist we're here to get SEO results number two you have an account manager so someone that's very good at 
doing basically setting the current relationships as we said and understanding the, the pain points communication reporting meetings etc and, and a good strategic brain i mean i think all the great account directors i've ever met they aren't just walking the corridors yeah they are genuinely they understand as you say the client problems yeah um, the benefits that need to be delivered the business benefits and they're matching the service to that problem and those benefits yeah i think that's right but i also think in experiences two sides to that there's one that they go through the account exec promoted into the account management role and it's potentially more about client relationships than it is about the work and there's the other route that is more the the strategist and the doer that then gets promoted into an account director you like i would be an example of someone that my craft essentially is seo and then i've learned how to manage clients Dan, who I used as an example earlier, would be the same. I think I was, if you look at my background, you know, go back to when I started my working career, I was basically an engineer and a project manager. You know, what I was very good at was, was managing projects and programs of work. And to this yeah. day, Kevin, I mean, we, that, you still draw on me for that expertise. Exactly, yeah. it, it, It's in my core. That's what I do. And I then found I was also pretty good at selling and managing client relationships within a big uh, consulting firm. The only way you get to be a partner is if you can sell and you have a subject matter expertise. So typically, we, you know, we never recruited, as opposed to the marketing agency industry, where you'd be an account exec and you'd be managing small parts of an account. That didn't happen in the consulting firms because you entered the firm as an expert in a particular area. And what happened was you went up the expertise route and became a practice lead where you were the thought leader for that practice area but maybe not become a partner or you came in and went through the ranks and you were aiming for partnership as a, I can sell work and I know my subject matter really, really well. And exactly. the clients will trust me. I would imagine in that route, there's a, a phase of which you need a project manager to work with you. So Correct. the account director is very much, this is the direction that we're going in and yeah, setting expectations with any clients that they have, but they need someone else that makes sure that the team can deliver on what they're doing. So even to the, some of the points you, you said before, of you might have everyone prepare a deck for you that you then spend an hour perhaps reviewing and some time where you can That's right. to them in terms of the edits. You then go through it with the clients, but the action points that you agree with that client, it's not you because Correct. otherwise if you're that hybrid of doer, communicator etc that is too much whereas actually in this case it can scale and you can still use your expertise and, and i think that's exactly what we're talking about here it's it is how do you have someone that can organize the team in an agency model that might be a planner so someone that works across those pods or mini teams and understands capacity and then i think there's definitely a case for the account manager in our model what we found which is what you were describing before is the most important thing for us is results for our clients absolutely has to be account management without results is possible but it goes <laughs> over the cracks and well, we've I- seen it also we've seen it kevin we've seen it work we know yeah. what happens very good account directors and account managers can get you so far where the client goes, okay, I'll believe you. <laughs> I look forward to our next meeting, but the results, they're just delaying the inevitable. They if are delaying the Poor delivery, eventually you get fired. The client just says, I can't cope with this anymore. We've had it with clients in the past where they've 
challenged what we're doing or the results that we're we're having and i've gone back to them with a very clear plan of i agree this didn't work the way it yeah. should have this is what we should do next the issue with that is their reaction was i love this plan i think this is great but why haven't you delivered this or done that before exactly and i can't answer that question the only way to fix that is in hindsight do that why the tbrs are so important i mean interesting that this account management project management and the role of the founder one of the things that links it all together is the QBR because the QBR yes. is the it's the backstop whereby you can't go too far ahead of yourself or get too far behind before there's a strategic meeting about what have we achieved, what were the objectives, what's the plan for the next quarter. You've always then got time to go, let's reset expectations. And I think the important part of that is it makes that a two-way conversation. Definitely. Because a client agency relationship can typically be we're the budget holder, we're in charge, we're your boss essentially, and go away and do stuff. And that's not not where we want to be. We want to be a strategic partner. And that takes and again there's there's a lot of these almost sound like cheesy cliches and it I think it's because everyone says it, but again like being results driven is one of them. You have to show results. You can't just say it. The other one is the extension of the team. That Again, it, it's overused, but I think it's true. It's like you have to be in that position where you say, this is what we're doing, this is what we see, this is how you, we think your competitors are working, but what's the insight from the client and how do you bring that together? And the QBR is a great opportunity to say, this is where we wanted to be, this is what's happened, these are our learnings, transparently showing this is what has worked, but also this is what we would have expected to go better yeah, I think really helps from a client perspective of you're on the same team. It's not, uh, and I've definitely seen this in the past, it's, it's not a case of here's a report, but let's remove all of the stuff that's bad because we don't want to show them that. We'll just show them the good stuff because then they'll be happy. That's account management that papers over the cracks. Yeah, that's not and, what you want. And it's just pushing that problem down the road to the point that yeah. the real issue that you've just swept under the rug has not been addressed, it's not been fixed, and it's growing out of control correct and you'll still get fired it's just you'll now you get fired in three months rather than this month yeah so you you may maybe you get an extra two or three months worth of billing but ultimately the client's dissatisfied the, the alternative is you fix a real problem and you get an extra three years worth of billing so, <laughs> so i think kind of aligned in our thinking around up to about probably as a marketing agency up to about that kind of 20 to 30 people, you probably need to focus more on hiring brilliant digital PMs with a founder that's working the relationships. Is that I think so. I think so. And I also think from a, if there's other founders listening to this, from a founder to founder perspective, I think that de-risks you a little bit because if you're out of touch with all of your clients, then that's a difficult place to be. And I know for me, Great point. there's a balance of, I don't want to be involved too heavily in the day-to-day because this this is why we hire a team we hire a team because they're stronger than me at their individual roles whether that's technical seo and the delivery versus account management project management however if i'm just involved in i don't know here's a new biz or they might not even see me then it's as a smaller independent agency i think that's difficult as a as a larger agency you're probably more than happy with that but I, I like to be in a position where I can oversee a QBR, I can challenge our team and support them in areas that they need to be in. It's not all consuming in terms of my time. And likewise, it allows me to have a relationship with a client where they know 
I'm taking care of this. I can put my name on it and I can say, if there's any problems, I'll fix it. So outside of that QBR, I quite frequently just go to our clients and just request a call as a catch up. And it, it's, it can be more ad hoc and probably outside of those QBRs in terms of not being too close to that same point in time. But if they know they've got an escalation point and there's anything that's going wrong with a team and they can bring it up to me. The, the worst thing is they don't say anything and then you get fired. I had, there's a client that I spoke to a couple of weeks ago and I was, I always asked them, it's just like, I'm not going to take any offense to this. Any feedback you can give us is completely useful and constructive and we can use it to improve. Is there anything we can do to, to make your life better, easier, and their reaction was no. And it's kind of like, as a founder, I should be happy with that. But she could almost see the disappointment on my face. Because <laughs> I'm a founder that, like, one of our values is continuous improvement. I can see areas of weakness in a weird way. I thrive on that because then it's, okay, we need to get better at this. And that's how we're going to improve. And yeah. it's definitely not a, okay, when this is a problem, we need to, like, we do need to fix it, but not in a finger pointing way. It's, it's about the company and the organization and how we work it's not about the people it's about improving that that process and listening to our clients and understanding what they value and i think that's a really important role for the founder is if you lose touch with your clients how do you know how to service them exactly so kind of like summarizing because we're kind of at the back end now so my takeaway from this is as you grow your business as a founder up to that kind of probably between 15 and 30 people maybe it sounds like what you're saying and i definitely concur is that you want to focus on the founder role being client facing making sure that you are bringing in the new business but also that you're in touch with the client expectations the client outcomes the strategic agenda and you want to hire brilliant digital pms that can run programs of work for clients Yep. And you worry about account directors if you can't obviously afford them at the beginning until after that kind of you've got past about 20, 30 odd people. Absolutely. I think that's the right model. The one thing I would say with that model is you have to match project managers up with subject matter experts. Yes. For the reason that if a client asks you, you've just done this audit, what does this thing mean? And they ask that to a digital project manager they're not going to know the answer Absolutely. and the client very quickly gets frustrated by the answer of I'm going to have to check that with someone. And I'll then come back to you. You have to protect that person's time so that again, there's a balance. So you don't want them to be too client facing all of the time because then they're not doing the work, but you also can't completely alienate the client from the person that has the answers. So it, it's, if you can match up a subject matter expert with a project manager Exactly. You might get this rare breed of someone that is a great hybrid and they can do all of that. And if they can, I would say take advantage of that and use it, but make sure that you understand them and what makes them tick and excited and happy because you might find they become disillusioned in that role. But if you don't find that rare breed, match the two up, find the subject matter expert and make sure that you can partner them together with a project manager when it comes to the client-facing work i mean i've only seen one company in the marketing agency world whereby there were two founders of the company and one was brilliant at service delivery and one was brilliant at account management that's a very very rare combination and i think if you're a sole founder of a business and you're growing then i think that model stands the test of time i think it does i would also argue that 
even in that situation, you probably need to outgrow it and scale it and pick something that actually, what is your strength out of those two? Is it working with clients? Is it setting strategy? Is it managing projects? Because as you get bigger clients or more revenue, it it just doesn't scale. You you can't spread yourself too thin. So you need to pick a route as well. But at a certain scale, it does work, but you need the right personality and mindset behind that. Very good. As always, great to talk to you, Ken. Look forward to the next one. Likewise. Thank you. Cheers.